Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I uh, 
wanted to say something to you. You know, our message tonight, I don't know if it will be one or a two-part message, but I wanted to tell you on the onset of it, I, I have my program two times a month. It's on the second Tuesday and the last Tuesday of every month. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a one or a two-part tonight. I've been finding myself lately in a lot of things that I'm doing. I don't I don't have control. God has control over it. Now, I, sometimes I just don't know exactly where it's going to land, and that's, that's just the time that we're in, and it's exciting because that means God has it and God's doing things, you see. So I wanted to share that with you. That's just part of the time that we're in, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, some things. So before I go any further, I'd just like to welcome everybody here in the United States and around the world. And you're here for one purpose, folks. One purpose only is to hear from God for you. Because God has a message for you tonight. He has something to say to you. It might be something that I say or I talk about tonight or I speak about, but the anointing's here. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. The anointing sets you free. The anointing is what brings you to Jesus and gets you saved. The anointing is what gets you healed, gets you delivered, gives you answers, gives you strength, gives you guidance, gives you hope, gives you joy, gives you peace. It's the anointing and the power of God. So it's all God that does it. He says in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not for power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. It's so true and how true that is. By the spirit of God, everything happens. It's not by men. All we are is mouthpieces, and that's it. We just speak God's word, but God sent his son Jesus to pay for it, and then he does it, you see. In the name of his son, everything that this book tells us, everything this Bible says is for you and I. And if you listen to the message either uh, tonight, doing the whole thing, or finishing up the next time, uh, you're going to find out from this message right here the hope that you have and how you can be joyful and you can be happy. Uh, live in joy without fear, no matter what you face, because that's what it's all about, folks. This is a message that people need to hear today. Let's look to the Lord in prayer and ask God to to use this message tonight for all of us, to bless us, to anoint us, and to move mightily in this midst. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege of being on the radio tonight again, speaking your word. Father, I recognize that not by power might, but by your Holy Spirit that everything is accomplished. So I just would ask you by your spirit tonight to move upon the people tonight. Set the people free. First of all, bring them to Jesus. Heal the bodies, deliver them from oppression, deliver them from any curses, any demonic activity, any forces of darkness in their life. If they need finances, if they need healing, whatever it might be, Father, I just ask you to move mightily. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over you, Satan. I break your power. I break your curses. I reverse them in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare deliverance upon the people tonight listening to this, this program or listen to it even in the future, I just claim deliverance for the hear, ears that will be hearing this program and for the anointing to move upon their hearts, Father. Move them upon each heart, Father, that you can do what you intend to do with each person, Father, because you have something to do, something for, uh, an answer for them, direction for them, or whatever it might be for every listener. And, Father, I ask that that would be fulfilled because you tell us in Isaiah 55:11. Your word will not return void, but it will go forth with the intended purpose from which you sent it. So, Father, we believe that now, and I thank you, Father, that you are moving upon your people now. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said, amen and amen and amen. Tonight, 
this uh, message. You know, I was sitting here before uh, we're on the air, and, of course, the message called Season of the Remnant. And I just was thinking about this, meditating upon this, and uh, this is what God has been showing me about this, this message. This is truly a message for the hour. You know, this program is called God's Hour of Truth. And God's Hour of Truth, I, I speak the truth by the Word of God. All the programs for the hour I'm on or a little over an hour, however long it might be, I speak the truth. But there's a truth for this hour, God's hour of truth. What is his truth for this very hour, this season, you see, this very time? Not what it was uh, a few years ago or whatever, but his truth always is the same as the unchanging God. But what what is the latest from God? What do we need to do? Uh, where are we at? What's happening? What's it signifying, you see? And this is what it's about. This is what I'm trying to get across. So we are in a season called the seat and the remnant. Now, you'll say, well, the remnant, what, what's the remnant? What's the remnant? Well, remnant is people that survived the catastrophe, the biblical uh, meaning of that means the people that survived a catastrophe. Now, you could say the past year or so has been pretty much of a catastrophe, the way things have been going on in this world even before that. And in my own personal life, it's been a couple of years, there's been some major trials uh, that I've been attacked with. The devil tried to kill me several times, and really there's been some major things happening. I know a lot of people's lives have experienced these things. So there's been a, a lot of things going on, and God's people's lives during this time, some more than others. Now, the remnant signifies a person that comes out of a catastrophe. That means that somebody has weathered the storm. And no matter if you're in a major catastrophe or, or just living life, are you still faithful to God in whatever you're going through or whatever you went through? Do you remain faithful, you see? That, that's what the, the signature of a remnant warrior is. He or she is faithful no matter what they experience. If they are faithful to God at the very present time. They went through some bad things, some hard times. That, that doesn't mean they were perfect in their walk, but it means they come out of that. They didn't quit. They stood. They repented whatever they needed to do, and they're standing tall before the Lord and ready to go on with him. In other words, they're pressing towards that mark. That's what a remnant warrior is. And we prove ourselves to God. God proves us. And a lot of things that come against us in our lives are things that you and I need to have the victory over. We need to overcome because in these last days, we're going to be seeing so much more, so many greater things. But remember, when the greater things come forth, you think the enemy is going to stand still and just fold his arms and say, well, they're doing greater things, or you think he's going to do something. You see, he's on the attack, so... When you're delivering blows against the enemy, you have to be prepared to deal with all hell breaking loose coming against you and deal with it successfully. In other words, you have to have a rocky spirit, be willing to stand and know the word of God and believe God's word, and that's it, you see. In other words, you need to be fully persuaded what the scripture says. If the scripture says that we have authority over the devil, which it does in Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, you have to believe that. You have to act upon that. If the scripture says by your stri- by his stripes you were healed, First Peter two twenty four, you must believe that. We must take the word literally and live our life accordingly to it, knowing that God is our only source. The government, this world, or nobody in this world is our source. 
God is your only source and he's my only source. And he wants to be our only source because he says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. Seek my face and you won't have to put your hand out so much because when you seek my face, I'm going to take care of you. He said, I'm going to add these things to you. I'm going to bless you. But many times we're putting our hands out for things instead of putting our face forward towards the Lord and say, what can I do to it? What do you want of me? I want to serve you. I want to praise you, God. This is the type of attitude that God is looking for. He says in Second Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro upon the whole earth that he can find someone's heart that's perfect towards him and he can, he can bless them and use them in a mighty way. He's looking for men and women that want to serve him and mean business with him. So we see this is the season of the remnant. Now, what really signifies that this is uh, the season of the remnant? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to these two familiar scriptures, Isaiah 43, verse 18, and verse 19. I'll give you a minute to find it. Isaiah 43, verse 18, and verse 19. That's in the Old Testament, by the way. <laughs> okay. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Okay. Everybody in this world, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, know there's something going on. Something's happening. Something's about to happen. Is this something It's not business as usual? It isn't like it was a few years back. There's a complete change this, this past year or two. It's been changing steadily, but we're seeing some drastic changes. Things are headed towards the, the rapture of the church, Jesus turn, coming back. We're hearing things like uh, taking marks and uh, doing this and doing that, and a lot of people becoming uh, uh, really fearful about what they're hearing. But uh, I'm not going to get into this, but I personally believe, and by the word of God, I'm not going to get into that tonight, that we're going to be taken out before the mark of the beast, before it comes forth that you take the mark, you know, to buy or sell. It speaks up in your right hand or your forehead. So don't be alarmed about that. But these are just things that are happening now that are just feeling people out and trying to take control, which is a sign really showing you what is up ahead. So getting back to this, we see something is happening, right? Now, I want to draw your attention to that 19th verse right here. He said, I will make a way in in the wilderness. What is coming for us in these last times is so great. And so special, it, it really blows your mind. It's so big and so far above us, you know. A lot of times people will say, well, God wants me to do something, and, well, my, I can't do that. I don't have the faith for that. I, no way I could do it. And that's true. He calls you to do things most of the time that you can't do, so you will ask him, and he will do it through you. He doesn't call you things you can do very easily yourself, because how would, how would he get the glory for it? But he calls you to do the impossible because it's possible with him. And that's how he's glorified in you, showing you that he did it and showing others that he did it through you. So he's making a way for you to get to that place. In other words, he has a destiny for you. Many of you out there have prophetical words and know where you're headed to a degree. You understand what's ahead and you see and you see and you sense some mighty big things ahead of you. You don't know exactly what it is, but you know it's major. 
And as it opens up, you'll see it's so much bigger than you and I, you see. It's bigger than any of us, the things that we're called to do. But he said, I'm going to make a way in this thing. It looks like wilderness and major big thing, but I'm making a way for you to do what I've called you to do that I can glorify myself through you. And he says, rivers in the desert. Now, for what he's called you to do, it takes supplies. It takes favor. It takes people. It takes finances. It takes wisdom. It takes understanding. It takes a lot of things. But what God calls you to do, he supplies for you to do it. He gives you all the supplies. In other words, it's just like you go to the store and you buy something to put together, like maybe a bookshelf. Well, supposedly when you buy that, that bookshelf in part, you open it up and every screw, every board, every every uh, thing that's connected with that, every hinge or whatever it might be is there. All you have to do is assemble it. Now, that's the way with us. Uh, when God calls us to do something, it's there, and he shows us how to assemble it to do it, you see. He's the one that gives the direction. So whatever it is and the things that are ahead, there's a great thing ahead for his remnant, his proven people. Now, who's going to be in the remnant? Who is going to be in the remnant? Well, the people that will be in the remnant are the overcomers, those that have been obedient to the Lord, those that mean business with him, the ones that are sold out to him, the ones that do not quit and give up and are willing to stand and go forward. Everybody wants to be, can be in the remnant, but the qualifications are be obedient to what the Lord tells you to do. Be obedient to his word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the qualifications. Because just like I read just a minute ago in Second Chronicles 16:9, his eyes are to and fro to find the people that he can use. He knows who he can use. He knows who he can trust. So we have to prove ourselves trustworthy to be a warrior, you say. He wants everybody. He's called us all. Everybody's called is not chosen, you see. They aren't chosen. We have to pass that test, you see. And that's why a lot of times today some of the things that we're going through, we say, my, in the world am I experiencing this? Why is that happening? Well, some things are just direct attacks of the devil, which we need to know how to operate with that too and take authority over and get it off our back. But other things are sometimes tested God brings to us. Now, he doesn't test us with sickness, disease, and things like that. But there's other things about what we put first in our life, you know. He might uh, ask you to do something at a very inconvenient time. Maybe 1 o'clock at night somebody gives you a call and you have to get up and maybe minister to them. Maybe go to see them. I don't know. In other words, be instant in season, instant out of season. See, in other words, what are you putting first? There's times that we want to do certain things that we want to do, but he says, no, I want you to do this. Now, are we going to obey what we want to do or are we going to obey what he tells us to? See, he tests us. He, he sees uh, how faithful are you to me, you see. That's what he does. So we need to pass the test with God and, and definitely put him in first place is, is, is really what we must do in order to please him. We need to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser or a self pleaser, but a God pleaser. Okay, we're living in times. The world is saying it's negative times of uncertainty, right? Well, you know what that what the Lord actually told me tonight? I just kind of got this just maybe a few hours ago. It's a, a little thing that really tells it for what it is. The world gets, because of fear, there is uncertainty. The world is walking in fear about what's going on in this life right now, so uncertainty. You'll hear the word world say, we don't know what in the world is going to happen as far as breakouts, war, finances, and everything. We don't know what's going to happen. It's just, we just don't know. You know, they're, they're in terror. They're in fear. They're running scared. This 
COVID-19 and all these things coming out by the news media that's feeding all this garbage and fear to people, and people are taking it all in. They're just fear. They're taking the spirit of fear into them, and that's why they have uncertainty, because when you have fear, you have uncertainty and negative things that it torments you, and, of course, it can kill you. You can wind up with a heart attack, or you can you could just flip out, literally, and destroy your life, and you get sick over that thing because it destroys your body. Now, people that are faith, it's God's time for the sure thing. See, it's a sure thing with us and God's people, faith. If we have faith, it's a sure thing in God in this hour. This very hour, it looks so dismal that the people are saying on uncertainty, fear, things are just going down the tubes, everything just falling apart, and they're just worried, oh, I don't want to get COVID, I don't want to get this, I don't want to get that. They're all upset about that. But the thing is, if we have faith in God and his word for this time, it's a time for a sure thing with God, because isn't God's word a sure thing, or do we just say it is, then when the challenge comes, we say, well, I'm a little fearful here because I might get this. I know God's word says this, but I, I don't know. Well, do you really believe his word? Well, I really believe his word. And that's really putting the pedal to the metal, folks. Well, it's time that we get serious about the word of God. There's been too many game playing saying we believe this and we're a man of faith or woman of faith, whatever the case is. And then when the things come to prove it, we don't prove it. Walking in fear and chewing the fingers nail and fingernails and being in bed at nighttime restless, not being able to sleep, and this, this is this is the problem to see. But faith is God's sure thing. And I want to I want to give you a scripture, and I've used this quite a bit. But to me, this is the foundational scripture of everything that we're talking about in this hour. In Isaiah fifty nine nineteen, it says, "So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the east, and His glory from the rising of the sun." When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of God shall lift up a standard against him. In other words, the enemy has come in. He has come in like never before, and especially these past couple of years like I've never seen before. Things are going on now that I never thought would ever see these past couple of years, and I know everybody I'm talking to would agree with that because we haven't seen this. Now, it's happened that way, so it's come in. But he said, when he comes in like that, he said, I'm going to lift up a standard against him. So he's going to supersede the junk that has come in by the devil. That is a promise of God. And that's why we're talking about what God is going to do. And we're going to, we're going to put this together, this message, uh, over this probably two times, two weeks, two uh, part two, of what's going to go on. We're going to see how and what we have to do in order to make it through these things. So, being he said he's raising up a standard against, that means he's sovereignly going to do something about it, and he's going to use his remnant people also as a standard against the works of the devil. You know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil also, didn't he? And if he came to destroy the works of the devil, and he said in John fourteen twelve, the things that I do, so shall you do, even greater things, that's what we're going to do too. How would it destroy the works of the devil? By using the word of God and breaking up the things that Satan brings against people from sickness, fear, depression, bondage, demonic activity, uh, possession, whatever it might be. In other words, the works of hell is overshadowed and overcome by the name of Jesus, and in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And that name overcomes everything in the earth, under the earth, and above the earth, the word of God says. There's nothing greater than the name of Jesus. And that's what we're talking about, and that's, that's the season we're in. That's what we're facing right now. 
It's all or nothing right now, and it's not going to be nothing for the Christians. It's going to be all. Now, we are due for the greatest outpouring, and we're, it's, it's, every week I'm seeing more and more of it in spiritual activity and personal activity. And what's happening is he's doing more and more, and it's either going to come out with a great splash all of a sudden or just progressively get more and more and more, but we're headed for some great things, folks. And I'm going to read uh, three more scriptures to you in the book of uh, Psalms, the 91st Psalm, one of my, well, is my favorite psalm. I'm going to read uh, three verses right here. And these three verses are pertaining to now, too. It's going to get this fear out of you. We're going to, we're, that's why we're going, to, we're going to make a two-part two out of this right here because I don't want to hurry through this and just say a bunch of things and then that's it. Because I'm talking life right now. This is life for us, folks. I'm talking life. I'm telling you how it is. This is how it is. This is what the Word of God, this is thus saith the Lord. That's, and I, I sign my name to that right now, thus saith the Lord, because I know that's what he's telling us. That's what he's telling me. Psalms 91.8, Psalms 91.9, and Psalms 91.10. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now, these three verses in the 91st Psalm pretty much say it all. The 91st Psalm is a great psalm for this hour, a main psalm. But these three verses more or less sum it up exactly what it is. In other words, we are going to see judgment fall upon people, evil people in this hour. We are going to see it on earth. And I'm not talking about in heaven and things like that. I'm talking about this earth. God is ready for some judgment to fall on some evil people. And that's a fact. Okay, he's going to do that. Now, he said, you're going to see it, but only with your eyes you're going to see the reward of the wicked. In other words, there's a reward coming to the wicked, and it's not a good reward. It's a negative reward. Amen. Just like we have rewards coming to us and awards and things coming to us when we go to heaven, even and now also we are blessed. But there's also the other side. The people are not serving God and serving the devil. They have their rewards coming, and some of them are seeing now also on the earth, you see. So for the good, it's from God. Those who are serving the devil, they're going to receive some rewards, all right, but some mighty negative rewards from God. Okay, the ninth verse. So let's see, why are we just to only behold this with our eyes? What, why are we only seeing it with our eyes reward of the wicked? Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, that be my hiding place, my secret place, even the most high, most high, thy habitation. Oh, that means we visit there once in a while, right? What's habitation mean? Where we live. It doesn't mean we just kind of duck in there. When we have some need, and then we duck back out. Then we have another need, we come back in, then we go back out. No, no, no. That means we live there. We live with the Lord. We're serving God. We, we're fellowshipping him. We're communing with him. We have intimacy with God. That means we have an intimate relationship with the Lord. So we have made the Lord our refuge. In other words, he's my protector. He's my peace. He's my strength. He's God, he directs me. He provides me. He's my all in all. He is my I am. Okay? And I live there with him, and I trust him fully. He's my daddy. He's my protector. He's everything to me. It's all wrapped up in him. I put my complete trust in him against anything I feel, see, or what anybody says. That's my attitude towards God. That needs to be our attitudes towards God in this hour. And that's just 
that disqualifies us when we're qualified through that. That must be our attitude towards God. That, that's what we have to live by in order to have these benefits come forth. You see, there's provisions from God, but there's conditions to those provisions. Now he says, there's no evil. That next verse says, there is no evil going to be faulty, neither any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Ah, plague. What's a plague? Well, I think a, a plague we're seeing right now would be a little plague called COVID-19, isn't it? COVID-19. That is a plague. Now, it says no plague will come nigh my dwelling. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? That's what it's coming down to, folks, of what we believe or what we don't believe. We're all facing that. It says, no evil will befall me. It will not befall me. No plague will come out of my dwelling. Now, this, this is stopping that right there, 9110. Let's just get it right there because if we can't get by that, we might as well forget about the rest of it. Because if we don't believe that we are protected by God, the name of Jesus, the power of God, the blood of Jesus, the promise of God are above this thing here, then the devil can hit and say things in the newscast and have all this negative stuff coming out with people saying they're going to die, you're not going to make it, and all these things, and have you tormented. You're going to be tormented. And just uh, You'll live a life that isn't worth living. You see what I'm saying? If you don't believe that, It'd be horrible to live. I, I don't want to live on this earth if I can't believe what God's word says. I don't want to live like that in the fear of what man's going to do, in the fear of what what's going to happen with sickness, disease, or things like that. I don't want it in that. I get something bigger than that, and that's God. And Jesus paid the price. So let's stay in those verses right there. These three verses, you need to mark them down. You need to read them every day when you start to have a little bit of fear try to attack you because he says, hey, no evil's going to befall you. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't try to come at you, but it does mean it won't be successful. Psalms 107.20 says that he sent his word and delivered them from all evil. The things are out to destroy you, all destruction. Things are out to destroy you. He sent his word and delivered them from their destruction. Destructions mean any evil thing that tries to destroy you, doesn't it? Anything that tries to destroy you, whether it's sickness, accidents, you name it, he said, he said his word to deliver us from that, right? Okay. Okay, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Uh, he says that no weapon formed against you will prosper, right? No weapon will prosper. Now, what's that actually saying when you stop and think about that? That's saying, God is saying to you and he's saying to me, no weapon of hell will prosper against you. You believe that? Well, you know who who determines if it'll prosper or not? You. No weapon that the devil forms against you or any of his cohorts out here that form against you to destroy you will prosper if you believe they won't prosper and you stand against them in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what you're standing against. You see, they can't prosper. If they could, that means that, uh, that the devil's stronger than Jesus Christ. And I don't believe that's true, and I know you know the same thing. So if our Jesus is stronger than the devil, and the greater one's in you and me, if he's in us, then how in the world is the enemy going to prosper by sending this garbage against us? He sent his word 
delivered from our destruction, you see. He tells here the 91st Psalm in these few verses. I, I've quoted to you about a half a dozen verses or more, and I could quote a half a dozen more and a half a dozen more on top of that because the, the Bible's full of verses like this. But he promises you that. But if you don't take it seriously and choose to be fearful about it and you don't just take the bull by the horn and say, I claim that and I'm not going to allow this junk to defeat me, if you don't have that type of a fighter attitude, the devil will run over you like a steamroller. And you know what it's like? You know how I kind of view this thing every time I think about the devil and this stuff, that what is going on? It's like a bully in school. When you were a kid in school, you know, there were bullies. I know I was bullied some when I was in school. Okay? This bully, when this bully picks on you, if you don't stand up against this bully, what happens? Does he say, well, I bothered you enough. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to walk away. I've seen bullies bully people a lot more, and I believe you have too. The more you allow it, the more he'll do it. But when you stand up against that bully, then that's when things change. And, and maybe you couldn't beat that bully in a fight that's coming against you, but I'm going to promise you this. In the name of Jesus, the bully, which is the devil coming against you, when you stand up against him in the name of Jesus, you'll win every time. Maybe you can't beat that bully up if it's bothering you or bothered you before when you were in school. But this is a sure thing about beating the bully called the devil. Because when he comes against you to bully you and to manhandle you and form weapons against you and make it look like, oh, you're defeated, you can't make it. When you start to believe that thing and you start to act upon that thing, that's where fear settles in and it gets worse and worse. The devil gets bigger and bigger and God gets smaller and smaller. And some people commit suicide. Some people have heart attacks. Uh, either either they fight amongst their families or fight and, and they're just short-tempered because they're they're in fear. That's why there's a lot of violence breaks out because people are in terror and fear, and they just flip out when somebody says or does something because it's not that person that they're flipping out at really, but they're just so tormented they just got to get it out because they're, they're just their life is hell on earth really, and that's what it brings forth. It's a hell on earth. You see, God, Jesus prayed, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." He wants us to live on this earth healthy, strong, peaceful, joyful, loving, everything that. We have in heaven. He wants us to have it here while we're on this earth, not wait till we go to heaven. But the devil wants to, to bring hell to us on this earth like he, he can do as much as he can do. And he can just destroy us and eventually get us into hell itself. So you see, that's what the battle is, folks. But Jesus wants heaven on earth for you and I, because that's the prayer. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Fear in heaven, lack in heaven, uh, hatred in heaven, jealousy in heaven, pride in heaven, uh, all these things. No, of course not. Jesus wants you and I to be little replicas of heaven, and this is a far cry from heaven. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This earth is not even a good, uh, well, it's very poor. And I, I'm going to give you something that you'll see where I'm coming from. The Bible says Jesus became poor that we can become rich, right? And some people have misinterpreted that about Jesus becoming poor, like he was a poor guy. He didn't know, have a place to lay his head. He was poverty-stricken and all that. No, not at all. You know what the comparison was? And that's where I'm trying to say now about uh, he wants us to live on earth like we will in heaven. Okay, anybody that's been to heaven, in heaven where Jesus came from, that's heaven, right? You can take earth, and the greatest thing on earth, the most beautiful, the richest thing, the Solomon's Temple, you name them. I don't know what the most beautiful thing is, but the most rich, beautiful, best thing on this 
earth, and it looks like poverty compared to heaven. It is nothing compared to heaven. The grass is nothing on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, all they, I've heard people who had visions of been in heaven. I've known people that way, and that what they've described and seen, <laughs> and there's no comparison to it. The flowers, I mean, let's face it, folks, heaven is heaven, earth is earth, and there's just no comparison. So you see, uh, he wants us to have a little replica of heaven on this earth, you see, not to live the way we're living now. And that's, that's what, what's going on. But we have to get these few things under a belt that I'm talking about tonight here. We have to recognize that, hey, we're not to be victimized by the enemy. We take authority over him. Uh, he tells his word. He says, we have authority to cast out devils in my name. You have to cast them out. You have to do what you say. You have to do it. And, and if you don't do it, who's going to do it? A lot of people want other people to get somebody off their back, so to speak, like pray for me, pray this, pray that. And we need to pray for people. I need people to pray for me. But let's understand something here. When it comes to your health, when it comes to demon activity coming against you and being attacked, you need to learn to stand up against those things and recognize what you're fighting against there. We can have people pray with us, along with us. Sometimes we need prayer. And I'm not, I'm not saying we don't do that. But I am saying we need to learn to stand strong ourselves for our healing, uh, to get the enemy off our back and to walk a victorious life and not be, be pushed down and whimper and, and really just cry and just kind of run hiding or, or downtrodden or having a sad sack face on, in other words, no joy or whatever it might be. Because, you know, the, the first thing that we lose, and this is a deadly thing to lose, and that's your joy. Because without joy, God can't really do anything because you can't have faith without joy. If you're downtrodden and everything down the molly grubs, where can faith be? So that's why the joy of the Lord is your strength in Nehemiah 8.10, right? Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay? So we see thus far what the remnant is. We see about the times of uncertainty that are not times of uncertainty. It depends how you look at it. The world looks at it in a negative way in fear. But you and I are Christians. We're supposed to look at it by faith, by the Word of God. And we know the Word of God. These scriptures, many people, one thing that I've noticed here in America, people know the scriptures. You quote them and say, oh, I know that. Yeah, the Bible says that. But they don't walk in it. They know it, but they they don't walk in it. But I've dealt with a lot of people overseas that held services there uh, online with people, and I've seen a lot of miracles happen. And I've talked to these people, and these people have more faith and understanding that they put the Americans to shame. And I've I've, uh, known, I've heard some uh, ministers that have extensive uh, missionary ministries, and they hate to even come back in the United States because the people over there receive it readily. They receive it, and it happens. And here the people have all this knowledge and aren't receiving nothing. And that's sad, you see. That, that, that's, the thing, that, that's the thing today. We, we only know what we walk in. You know that? You can have head knowledge of a lot of things, but hope deferred makes the heart sick. If I have head knowledge of a lot of things and it's not a reality in my life, that makes your heart sick because you're saying, when your word says this, Lord, why? what's the matter here? What's the matter? And you see, that's where we need to be, folks. We need to be going into that word, claiming that word, meeting the conditions of the word. And when we do this, see the hand of God move on our behalf. And that's, that's what it's all about. <coughs> Excuse me. So the next thing, the time that we are in. Well, a 
lot of people don't stop and think about this, but do you realize this is an appointed time by God himself for a specific purpose? This time was set up by God for a specific purpose. And a few of the purposes of God, first of all, is to get the church in order, for the Christians to believe his word and to mean business with him and stop playing game and start believing his word, start serving him and start showing the world Jesus. You know, we're seeing enough of the world showing us the devil. We have enough of the devil stuff coming up from people you see all the time. So it's about time God's people show the glory of God to this world. They're bold in the things of the devil. People get up there and they they are uh, proud to admit uh, they're perverts and whatever it might be. They're even proud to admit that they murder babies. I saw a woman on television here, on a news broadcast, that she was proud and they were rejoicing and celebrating abortions. This hallelujah, celebrating abortions, you know. I mean, the world is exactly in the place of Isaiah 5.20, calling evil good and good evil. But you and I need to be showing some good, and the goodness is God and his word and the power of God, you see. So this is the point of time to get us in order, and the point of time that God can use us like he never used us before and bless us like he never blessed us before, you see. This is a time for personal blessings in our lives. To be free ourselves, to be like the children of Israel. They had everything. They left with all the gold, silver. They had the clothes. They had everything going for them, and they left the bondage. They left Egypt. This is a time for us to be blessed, to transfer the wealth from the wicked to the godly. This is that season. This is that very hour. This is that very minute. And I'll even go as far as to say, remember this very second. Okay? That's for us. Now, it's for everybody, but only. Those that are committed to God will receive this. See, not every person that says they're a Christian or is even a Christian will receive this because if we aren't doing what we should do, you see, we don't qualify. God's word, you know, is for people, for everybody, but those that meet the conditions. A lot of people say, well, I knew so-and-so there, and he was a good man, and he did this and that, but he didn't receive this, but I knew so-and-so, and they received it. Now, why isn't that? Well, you don't know a man or a woman's heart. You don't know what they did. You don't, you don't understand about it. So you uh, don't even think about what people did or didn't receive. You think about what the Word of God says to you. Just put yourself there. Forget about uh, Grandma, Grandpa, or anybody else you know, or anybody that's seen good things or bad things. You can think of the good things, but don't think of the negative things because the enemy will try to steal, saying, well, hey, if so-and-so didn't get it, how in the world are you going to get it? No, you see what the word of God says. You stand upon that word and you receive what God has to say. That's why he tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and with trembling. Now, there's three verses that I'm going to uh, give you tonight right here, and this is uh, the time that we are in right here. I'm going to read these, and these were given to me about 40 years ago. God burnt them into my heart. I have never had three scriptures given to me in my life like this, but these three were given to me approximately, I think, around 1982. I'm not even sure the exact date. But anyhow, that's not important. But what the important thing is that you listen to what I'm going to read here because this is talking about you and it's talking about me. Joel 2, verse 25, 26, and then Habakkuk 2, 3. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty. Be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Okay, 
I'll restore to you. This is the hour of restoration of what has been stolen from you and I, from our health to our finances to our family to our ministry. What has been stolen from you and I? What have we lost? We've all had a lot stolen from us. And the devil has to pay sevenfold what he has stolen. Now, he said, I will restore to you, but I want to give you something down here in this last verse here, the 26th verse I read, and this, this kind of sums it up. It says, your God has dealt wonderfully with you, and my people should never be ashamed. Well, that word ashamed, you know, that doesn't mean ashamed in the Hebrew. You know what that word means? Disappointed. I'm restoring to you this day what's been stolen from you, and you will not be disappointed. This isn't going to be another disappointment. Oh, you've heard a lot of promises. You've heard a lot of people say things. You've been disappointed many, many, many times in life. And believe you me, I could, I, I could say that myself. I've been over 50, I've been 50 years into these things. I've experienced these things. I know what it is. I'm not speaking from what I heard somebody else say. I've walked in these things. And as I said this to you right now, I've been disappointed many times. My wife has been disappointed many times. We have. But we're talking about a sure thing now because this is God's season. This is God's hour. This is God's time. All I have to do is be obedient unto the Lord and believe the Lord Listen to the Holy Spirit, obey the Word of God, just follow Him, and it happens. It's an automatic done deal if I follow Him, if I follow Him, you see, if I commit myself to Him. Now, back at 2-3, it says, A vision yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Prophesy, you old man, and, yeah, uh, not tarry. Prophesy your... Old men and dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Well, your old men are going to dream dreams, your young men are going to see visions. Okay, there's an appointed time. Now, like I said, I got this 40 years ago, and I I talked about it, I preached about it, I taught about it, but I never had a, a real beat on it. I knew it was coming, but I, I, it was just so long ago that I didn't even, I couldn't put it together. It was only a few years ago that uh, through a Jewish roots that I, I heard through Jewish roots the prophecy of this that I've never heard anybody preach before exactly verbatim what I have right here. And then it came to me as a reality. And we'll say the last two years, it, it's kind of it's come in a little bit here, a little bit there. But right now this thing is actually settling in this, this hour, this hour, the, the month of April of uh, 2021. And this thing is starting to increase it's starting to come out it's starting to to reveal itself it's not just waiting there we're not just waiting for something it's it's happening now it's not gonna happen it's beginning to happen now it really is we're seeing it piece by piece so i don't know if it's going to explode and bang it there or more and more and all of a sudden into it i don't know exactly how god's going to do this but i do know it comes in the form most of the time of suddenly suddenly things happen to you suddenly uh, somebody today was on a program or on the program that I have with another uh, man that has a program, miracle program, healing program, and somebody miraculously we had prayer for that person on uh, line there today, and a, a prophetical word came out that there's going to be an increase as far as their finances, everything like that, and it was less than an hour later they contacted back in and say, hey, I just got an increase. A big increase came. A nice check came with their paycheck, and they weren't expecting. I mean, things like this, you see, and other things, even bigger things than this, uh, are happening. You know, with people, it's in a form of a suddenly unexpected thing. 
And that's how most of it is. It's suddenly unexpected because things are not time-consuming like they were years ago. God is doing things really quickly now because the time is short. People that uh, had to take years and years to grow in something, God is maturing some Christians in in, uh, six months that took 10 years for other people to learn maybe because knowledge is increasing. It's coming quicker, you see, because God has a purpose. He's getting as many in. In far as being in the kingdom, being saved, he wants to get as many people saved as he can, but he's needing workers. Doesn't the scripture say that the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few? And the harvest isn't ripe. You know what that actually means? The harvest is rotten. It's starting to rot on the, on the uh, branches right there. In other words, there isn't enough labors getting this harvest, you see. So we need to have it together ourselves and believe God, because he wants to do some wonderful things to us. I mean, this is a time to get excited, not to be downtrodden or fearful or worried or anything. But we're, we're to recognize that this is coming. This, this is a motivator. This is a motivation. This, this, this is a, a motivating force of God put in his people, the remnant warriors, that keeps us above it, above anything, because we know what lies ahead. That's what enabled Jesus to go through the cross when he went through he saw what lied ahead. He knew he knew inside what lied ahead, so he didn't consider anything because he just saw the prize. In other words, when you see the prize, what's your experience? It grows dim. It grows dim when you see the prize. That's why it says, without a vision, you will perish. We have to have that vision, and this is God-given vision, what I'm talking about here. This isn't a vision that I had or I had this or I'm going to do this or I'm believing for this. No, God is directing these things. This is a God thing, you see. This is a God thing for his people that will cooperate with him. Okay? So now what we said thus far, there shouldn't be anybody listening on here right now be downtrodden no matter where you're at because the spirit of God is here to set you free. You have to choose it to be free. You have to choose to be free. What I'm going to get on next week now, or not next week, but two weeks from now, is how to walk in this. Because you had a little foundational thing right here tonight that I gave to you, a little foundational thing. But uh, we're going to learn two weeks from like this. How in the world are we to walk in this, you see? How are we to walk in this thing? And I have a number of points right here I want to bring out to you of how to walk in these things. Because one thing is people, it's a human nature trait, but the unknown to people many times scares them. They're afraid of the unknown. They don't know what they expect. They don't know what they expect. But you see, when you have an understanding of a, a little bit of what lies ahead, but knowing where it's coming from, like I don't know everything that lies ahead, but I know where it's coming from and who's in charge, so I know nothing can hurt me because God is in charge, and he can't, it can't hurt you either if you're believing him because he's going to take care of you. So I don't have to know everything. All I have to know is he has my hand. He has me. He has me in his hands. So, therefore, he's not going to uh, uh, let me fall. He's not going to let me hang in his day. That's what you need to know. You need to have that assurance that you're in his hand. You don't have to know everything that goes on, every detail. In fact, he usually doesn't give you details. He gives you a little bit here and there. But he usually just gives you enough to just simply trust him and knowing that he's got it. I've got it. He gave me word before that I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. That's all you need to know. When God says he's got it, do I have to hear any more? I have to say, well, listen, Lord, how do you got it? How, how are you going to do it? What's this going to work? What about?
about this. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that be stupid? If God says he did something, he's doing it, he's taking care of it, are you going to question him how? It's none of your business how God does it. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, he says, my ways are above your ways, my thoughts are above your thoughts. So uh, our our attitude needs to be get your mind out of it and stop trying to figure it out and stop trying to be in charge of it and know how you're going to do it and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and this is good, that's bad, and start allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you. Start try, Stop trying to navigate your own ship because if you navigate your own ship, you're going to wreck the ship. You're going to crash, you see especially in this hour, this hour, because we need the direction of the Holy Spirit. And as I see this thing more and more every day, I'm recognizing how much more I need the Lord, how much more I need his favor, how I need his answers. And and I, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I know in my preaching, teaching, everything that I'm doing, uh, I it's not me at all. Because I even question, was it even right? But the bottom line is I've listened to it, and my wife is my greatest critic, and it's God. And, and you know, I'm going to tell probably a lot of ministers listening to this, but when you minister, you preach and teach, you might think, well, hey, I didn't do too well in this. I didn't do right about this. This didn't work out very well. Well, the bottom line is we want God to speak through us, don't we? Whether you're a preacher or teacher or not, you want God to speak to you. And it's some things that you say and do sometimes that didn't make sense, and you might go to question yourself on them. But the reason they don't make sense because God's ways are not yours, his thoughts aren't yours, his words are not yours. So therefore, when he says something through you, it's not going to register with your words because they're above your words and they're not your words, you see. So that's why you say, why did I say this? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, my, I messed up or I said this or I said that. You see what I mean? But yet what you thought was messed up is what God said and what was needed. You see where I'm coming from? We have to learn those things because it's not us, you see. We just have to trust what comes forth in us as we go forward as God working through us. And I'll tell you this, results and fruit will come forth with it. Peace in your heart will come forth, and he will show you those things. He's had to show me many times and things that I questioned about myself in different times. Was it really me? Was this right? And he's, I've done a lot of things lately, a lot of things sticking my neck out with my words and actions, a lot of things, but God has confirmed it to me. He confirms these things to you. It lets you know you're not out in left field somewhere. But learn to listen to his voice and obey him because uh, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. All you have to do is want that. It's that simple. You don't have to be an educated man or uneducated man, but the Holy Spirit will teach you how to live. And that's, that's basically what I would say before I would give this uh, next part uh, in two weeks here, how to walk in that. Just, just listen to him. Just don't... Consider yourself. Just gather yourself because when you're out of yourself, the more you're out of yourself, the more God comes in. The less of me, the more of God. The more of me, the less of God. So we need to empty ourselves of ourselves and let go and let God and let him do what he can do. And I'll promise you what he can do will be beyond anything you and I would ever even be able to dream of. Amen? Okay. I believe I'm just going to stop right there because uh, I don't want to even get started on the uh, the how-to walk in these things until the next meeting. So I want to have a, a word of prayer right now uh, before we, we sign off for the night. I want to pray right now. I have a word of prayer with you. And we're going to ask God to move on, upon the heart of every one of you now and just to help you because uh, this, this is so important because I'm talking life and death right here, what I said. The things are going to either they're going to make you, or if you don't follow these things, you'll be broken. 
because you are no match for the devil. The devil will tear you to pieces. I'm no match for the devil in myself. But in Jesus Christ, he's no match for me. He's no match for you, you see. So you need to have a mindset that I'm in Jesus. Jesus is me. Greater is he that's in me that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. You must have this attitude that nothing can stop you. A matter of fact, in closing, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to say this now. Maybe another time. I don't want to. But God, I spoke on the program today I was on, but I, I won't say it tonight in the radio program. But God said some, some things that are out there to me, and they're powerful, and it, it's true. And it's just simply according to his word and his plan, when you believe you are following the Lord and he's leading your life, he tells you certain things because he controls your life. And when you're ready to come home, and that's it, you know. In other words, he has a time and a place for you. When his, when he's done with you, then he'll call you home, you see. But you're going to complete your mission, you know. He wants you to complete your mission. So, uh, I won't, but I won't get into that. Okay, Heavenly Father, I just, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, and praise you, Father, for your word. Father, I know this is a little different what was said tonight, and it's not... Uh, Anything at all as far as just what I would do normally, it's not me anyhow. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for what you said. And I just pray now, and I thank you for doing it, Father. I know you are. I thank you that what you said tonight is moving on the hearts of people that are listening to it now and will be listening to it in the future. And, Father, that you would use these words, use these thoughts, and penetrate the hearts and minds of these people of everybody listening to these. And, Lord, that they would incorporate them into your life the way you see for them to do it, Father, that they would be pleasing to you and would be in the center of your will, not your permissive will, but in the center of your will, that you could use each one and everyone as a remnant warrior to bring glory to you and bring many souls to the kingdom, Father. I just pray for an entourage, just an onslaught, a move of you like never before, even on the radio programs here, I just, I just pray for that, Father. I just pray for that, that you use them mightily, Father. Lord, that people will, will go to the next level and get out of the unbelief and the negativity, get into the faith of God, not their faith or what they think, but your faith, Lord, that they would simply believe you and would not even consider their inadequacy or any inadequacies in their lives, but just see you and knowing that, Father, What's impossible for us is possible with you. And you will do it if we ask you faith believing in the name of Jesus. You will do it if we simply believe it, act on it, and consider it done. So, Father, I pray for your help and everyone here listening tonight. I just pray for your help, for your mercy. And I declare the needs met in each life here. All sickness must go. All sickness and disease must go in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sickness is not allowed in heaven. So sickness, you must leave in the name of Jesus. And the bodies of anybody that's sick right now, listen to this broadcast. All curses are broken, all generational, all family, all witchcraft, all sorcery, all demonic activity is bound and cast to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. And I just speak the spirit of revival in each one of our hearts myself included, all but the spirit of revival of what we need to do, each one of us, that we would be revived and truly 
be in the image of Jesus, each one of us, and we would reflect Jesus more than our lives, Father. That's my prayer for not only myself, but for all of us right now, that you just glorify yourself in each one of our lives. And, Father, I just thank you. I just thank you that you heard our prayers, and I thank you right now, those that are wanting and desiring that, they are asking you for what they want. I thank you that you're giving them to your anointing is giving it to them right now over these airways. They're giving it to them right now. They're receiving. Yes, your electricity, your electricity, your anointing is just penetrating up now, just making them different, a new creation, Father, a new creation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, shit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Just trust the Lord. He says, see what I can do, what I will do. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And watch what I will do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, everybody, I just like to praise the Lord. I just thank you all for being online tonight. And and like I say, in uh, two weeks, I'll be back to finish this broadcast right here. And I want to invite you all back and to bring others in and to listen to us again because it will be uh, posted on the on-demand section on uh, Reaching Out Radio International. Listen to this part again or anybody come in next week and hadn't heard this, have them listen to part one and uh, come into part two because they'll be connected. I don't particularly like to do a two-part message, but uh, I, I knew I, I couldn't uh, move on this quickly, and I just didn't feel right to do that. So I thought I'd better stick around and, and put a little bit more into the first part to, and just skim over it quickly because this is very important, folks. I mean, we're talking life here. This is what it's all about. This is where where we are. We're either going to go down the tubes with the world or we're going to go up like we never known before in God, like an eagle above all the clouds in this earth if we follow Jesus Christ. And that's, we have that choice. It's just like the scripture in Joshua 24:15. you know, who serves you this day? Joshua 24:15. he said, the Lord God, me and my family will serve. So we have to make a choice. This is a personal choice. We will serve the Lord this day the way he wants us, not the way we have been or thought we were doing, but we will serve the Lord the way he wants us to serve him and really please him for real now. Because this is the hour that really counts, folks. This hour counts like never before in the history of Christianity. This is the most important hour we can live and live in, and the most counting hour, the most that we can do the most there. We can either do the most damage or we can do the most help and good, and we want to do the most good, and that's in Jesus. Okay? You all have a blessed night. I love you all, and I'll be looking forward to speaking to you all again in two weeks. Good night, everybody.